Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. So it's no secret that at some point in their lives, everybody struggles to one degree or another with imposter syndrome, with confidence, you know, and and you have a lot of people who want you uh, to feel insecure. And and a lot of human life is uh, an ongoing endeavor to understand one's self-worth. Well, we have found a quantitative worth for many people. It's in the world of targeted online ads. Boy, is it ever. It has weaponized uh, insecurity um, writ large at its best or worst. I don't know. You be the judge. No, it's the way money is made now. Uh, Really, when advertising money is spent, it is usually on whatever service can offer the most targeting or the most pinpoint targeting per dollar spent. Yes, down to the dollars and cents of it. Uh, We were very lucky to get our good friend of the show, Jonathan Strickland, the creator of Tech Stuff, uh, our local expert on all things tech, uh, to hop on this show with us in in this classic episode. You're going to hear us chat with Jonathan about targeted ads, how they work, and honestly, in the years since we recorded this, I am increasingly cynical. I don't know about you guys, about all the privacy guarantees. I'm even more optimistic. Never been more. (laughs) Also sarcastic. Here we go. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. 
Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. My name is Ben. You are you. That makes this stuff they don't want you to know, but not any ordinary episode of this show. And here's the part where you're saying, well, Ben, what is ordinary? Great question. Question for another day, ladies and gentlemen, because we are joined today by a special guest, a returning force to our show, longtime collaborator and friend of all three of ours. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the illustrious. The magnanimous. The transatlantic accenting. The phenomenal. The inevitable. Ladies and gentlemen, Jonathan Strickland. Guys, I have to say that your ability to introduce a person is only matched by your ability to tie incredibly complicated knots. I look forward to getting out of the studio. What are we talking about today? Okay, let's get through this quickly then, guys. Look, no one is getting untied until the show is over. Yeah, pipe down, Strickland. Oh, okay. All right, and that goes for you as well, Matt. It is an excellent question. Uh, we are talking today about something that might seem a little bit strange for some people, which is advertising, but not just advertising, a specific kind of advertising, targeted online advertising. So uh, in our personal lives, let's start there. Have you guys had any weird experiences yourself with ads? Absolutely. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what happened? Oh, well, I mean, all sorts of things, right? But, okay, so first, when you think about targeted advertising, hmm. you know, you want to define that a little bit, right? This is advertising that is specifically geared to most likely uh, uh, interest you based upon whatever data the advertiser has on you in the effort to sell a good and or service to hmm. you, right? That's mm-hmm. the whole purpose of ads. Mm-hmm. So... Often we talk about data mining, machine learning, uh, examining people's behavior in order to target them more effectively. But in the beginning, before you gather all that information, your targeted ads tend to be a little more random and chaotic. Uh-huh. And may not necessarily really target the person. And I'm specifically thinking of an ad that popped up again and again and again for me. On Facebook okay. for the longest time until I actually had to take the effort to hide that ad and say, I don't want to see this anymore. I didn't know you could do that. Yes, you can. You can. Yeah. You can. There's a little there's a little menu you can pull up and say, this doesn't interest me. In the same this way you can offensive. unfollow someone's post. Yeah, or something right. like this that. is offensive or something. And, and, and what it can do is it actually tells Facebook, oh, well, I can better serve ads to this person mm-hmm. by not showing this stuff. Like it, it benefits Facebook. It benefits the the companies that are advertising and it benefits the user, right? Theoretically. The, the You're just helping was, them out, Jonathan. Yeah, what was the ad? Though? The ad was uh, uh, for a muscle enhancer, which Ooh. had an impossibly muscular person with an impossibly tiny head. Uh, <laughs> like, you look at it and you think, if this isn't Photoshopped, this guy has a miserable experience in his day-to-day life because he's so muscular that he, his range of movement has to be mm-hmm. limited. It does not at all make me want to even remotely consider getting whatever nutritional supplement they're trying to sell or or their you know uh, weight loss program or muscle building program or photoshop courses <laughs> and i mean you guys can see me you you guys out there can't but the guys here in the podcast room can see me your head is normal size and you can yeah. also tell that i am clearly not terribly concerned about building lots of muscle mass <laughs> i don't know i might need a few moments here I could take off the shirt, but that's probably not something any of us really wants to have burned into our memories. All that being said, you do clearly have a penchant for different flavors of muscle milk. Well, that's true. Fight milk. That's, it's just because, you know, I, 
I support those guys 100%. What is life if not to be lived? Yeah, really fast yeah. to get in here uh, before we move on. Yeah. I recently had a baby, and we made the mistake of making a registry at Target. And as soon as we did that, all of the advertising back when we had cable, uh, all of it was baby centric. And maybe it wasn't the, you know, going to Target and doing that. Maybe it was our search mm-hmm. result or history. Sure. Maybe it was um, any number of things. But as soon as that life event happened for us, every advertisement that we saw was about it. I, I've got, I've got an even more recent one for me that, um, I'm curious to see what comes out of it now, because right now it's at the earliest stages. I uh, was looking for a price quote for a particular type of vehicle. So I used a website where you can get price comparisons for dealerships in your area that sell whatever vehicle you're looking into. Mm-hmm. And in order to get that information, you have to do things like put in your email address and put in your phone number. I knew what was going to happen while mm-hmm. I was doing it, but I really needed to see those price quotes. So I did it. Immediately, I'm getting phone calls and emails from mm-hmm. all the dealerships in the area. Now, that's the first wave. Mm-hmm. I suspect what happens next is if I keep checking my email and I look through the spam filter, mm-hmm. I'm going to see a lot of car-related stuff come at me. Not the specific make and model that I was looking at, but... All sorts of things like aftermarket and all that kind of stuff. The related things around the car industry. I expect I'll get a lot of that because I have been identified as someone actively looking into purchasing a car. And it is very valuable information for a company to have. They could sell that to other companies, make more money, and then I get inundated by all this advertising. Mm -hmm. So let's look at advertisements. Jonathan, you provided an excellent definition of what an advertisement is. Essentially, at heart, an unsolicited attempt to showcase the benefits of product X or the less concrete sense of the brand or tone of an experience Mm -hmm. in hopes of having you, the customer, purchase an item or service. And the thing is, this is soup. I'm not going to curse because we're still a family show. This is super old. Yeah. How, how old is it? Well, the earliest known advertisement that we have right now comes from 3000 BC uh, from Thebes, Greece. Yeah. I'm not sure if you've seen this, Jonathan. You might have seen this, but it's uh, it's can, an, I, can I take a wild guess? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, if I had to guess, ancient Greece advertisement. I'm going to say it's something brothel related. No, in fact. No, which I've got one to tell you about. <laughs> oh, I think I know the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let me do this one sure. really fast. So this was uh, for a – okay, well, let's just go to it. It was a seller of fabrics who had made this papyrus, All right. right? And it he claimed that he would give a reward to anyone who would report the whereabouts of, quote, slave Shem. Uh, Somebody, this, this was Hapu. Yeah, Habu was was the name of the gentleman, and not to be confused with Shemp, the underappreciated stooge. Right. Yes. Yes. So the, anyone. The original curly. <laughs> yes. So anyone who would report the whereabouts of this slave Shem and then report to him at his store where he is would get a reward. And here's the thing: it said on the papyrus, anyone who returns him to the store. Quote, where the most beautiful fabrics are woven for each person's taste. By the way. Right. And I, I think that you sounds know, more like an APB than an ad. It's it's both. It's both. Yeah, Papyrus exactly. was crazy. You know, it wasn't as available as paper is today. But I think I know the example you're going to mention. Yeah. So the example I'm mentioning uh, was a more permanent type of advertising. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've, I visited Pompeii. 
Nice. Well known as the village that was completely engulfed in volcanic ash, killing everybody who was there, but preserving the village uh, very well. And you can go and tour Pompeii, and it's very interesting. One of the things you will notice if you're looking down, which I recommend you do because the ground is very uneven in certain places, mm-hmm. is that every occasional paving stone you come across, there is a very particular relief on that paving stone. Uh, a phallus, if you will, or as my tour guide referred to it, a penis. Oh. And these pointed the direction toward the closest brothel. No. Yes, because people would visit Pompeii and they wouldn't necessarily be able to speak Greek. It was all Greek to them, but they understood what the signs meant, could follow it and get to their uh, desired destination, whereupon they would be greeted with a mural that would have the offerings of the house displayed and they could just point to whatever one they wanted. Wow. The house of ill repute. And so as we see, advertising is an ancient craft, art, science trick. Yeah. Scam. Uh, much of what we see in modern advertising today can be traced back to a fellow named Edward Bernays. We will not belabor you with the description of Edward Bernays other than to say you can check out our multiple videos and audio podcasts on it. The He's, first audio podcast for this show. Actually. Go the, all the way back. The dude was incredibly manipulative and intelligent and, and some could argue unscrupulous. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and so now we know there are several types of advertisement. Here are just a few. So first we have direct address. So this is basically the equivalent of, hello, I am an ad for this product, product X, Y, Z, whatever. Here is a cool joke. Buy it. Buy me. So it's the idea of sort of instilling positive feelings in right. people and associating those positive feelings with a particular product. Like those those lovely Mentos ads from mm-hmm. the 90s. You know, that was a trivia question recently. And I, I, I immediately recalled the warm, fuzzy feelings you got when you saw that plucky businessman who got paint on his suit lay down on the bench and turn it into a pinstripe. You know, it was just like. You go, guy. Clearly so. For me, I think the the most recent example that that leaps to mind would be either the Old Spice commercials, which... Sure. With Terry Crews? Yeah, the ones that... And Bruce Campbell as well, those two, because they instill that sense of absurdity while getting across this idea of... This is this is a manly, manly thing and will make you manly while not stinky. And clearly, for our purposes, one of the most important things here is that it is clearly being sold transparently. Right. And then that gets us to other things that would be like branded content. You can find this in uh, non-profits, in NPR, for instance. They will have something where there will be a show that you might enjoy or uh, an episode of a thing, and then at the beginning or the end or somewhere in the middle, they will say, brought to you by. And this is this is something where the advertiser wants to be associated with the thing, but doesn't want to, you know, be all in your business about it. A company that is super successful at doing that is Red Bull. They do it all for themselves. So they have these publications, they make these skateboard videos, extreme sports videos, and all the gear that people featuring these videos are wearing have Red Bull all over it. The skateboard half pipe says Red Bull. Right. The skydive, mm-hmm. the, 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 the bloody parachute says Red Bull. You know, yeah. but at the same time, you're like, you know what? This is exciting content. I'm enjoying watching these people do these death-defying feats. And, and, and one person sitting at this table 
has a show sponsored by a large company. I, I do a show called Forward Thinking, mm-hmm. and our sponsor is Toyota. And Toyota is the company that makes our show possible. It is entirely because of them. If it weren't for Toyota, it would not exist. But again, you're transparent about it. Every episode starts with a pre-roll that says right. brought to you by Toyota. And even yeah. even more importantly to me is that Toyota gives me the message of we want you to talk about things that excite you about the future. That was my that's my that's my direction, right. which is awesome. They it, don't it, they don't give you anything. They don't no. ever they don't ever that tell so them good. like they don't ever tell them like what you should do mm-hmm. is relate space travel to this new sedan. Right. Yeah. And so the direction I get is what do you think is really awesome about the future? Make episodes about that. And I don't like I don't even have to submit something to Toyota to get approval. They trust me to do what is good for our show and good for their brand. Which is weird because you're crazy <laughs> sketchy. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's true, but for four years we've managed to do that show. Mm-hmm. So, and this is one of those things where mm. if it's done well, it can be a huge win for everyone mm. involved, but it can also go in, uh, a, a bad direction either for uh, for any of the parties. Sure. And it's just because it hasn't been handled properly. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, 
So does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. That brings us to a darker side. Oh, yes. Uh, what is called native advertising or, in a clever portmanteau, advertorial. Love it. Yeah. Uh, so, Matt, what's that? And, Jonathan, you know. It would go no, like, we all know. Yeah, it would go kind of like this. Hi, I'm a real thing. I'm, I'm not an ad, <laughs> but hey, hey, isn't, isn't product X cool? You know what? That reminds me. There is some legitimate journalism that I can point to right here that just shows you how objectively amazing product X is. Not to mention science. Look at the science. <laughs> right, right. We use beakers. Right. And this, this is, uh, this is an iteration that you can probably recognize anytime you've been on the internet. You can also see it in history, uh, for one example, with, uh, Edward Bernays, of course, mm-hmm. and, uh, had, uh, the reason people eat bacon for breakfast is because there was this avatorial thing, which was purportedly a study by doctors. During a darker time in my life, I actually worked for um, a uh, company that published a community magazine. You guys know these community magazines? Everyone's got it. Your little uh, city has a sure. right. City X magazine. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to name names, but based on my experience with this, I can only assume that a lot of them are kind of like this, but I could be wrong. But my particular situation was uh, like this. I don't where think you're wrong. Every single piece of content in this City X magazine was paid for by local business owners, but it was all like framed as some sort of profile or Mm. some sort of, you know, community interest piece where it's about, look at the great things that this lawyer is doing. But wait, why are there nine stories about nine different lawyers in this magazine? That's weird. That (laughs) is native advertising or advertorials. And that's the bread and butter of a lot of these smaller Mm -hmm. publications because Uh. people want to be seen and they want. But the thing is, no one's. Maybe some people are fooled, but I would say anyone would, listening yeah. to this show likely would not be fooled it, or taken it, in by it's that. It's one of the things that I find the most maddening about that approach because we know you guys out there. We know that you are smart. We know that you can smell when someone's trying to sell something to you. And you can't imagine how frustrating it can be on the other side of that equation to be the person who has to produce that thing through whatever directive, like to be told, hey, sure. you've, you've got to create this podcast or video or article or whatever it may be because we want to sell more widgets. And so you've got to make this widget thing. And, uh, it's your, you know, how widgets work, but you, but really you're, you're explaining how awesome widgets are. Um, uh, this doesn't happen frequently. Sure. And, and it, it's not something that I think most people have caught on that it's not necessarily the most useful approach because since the audience can recognize what's Ooh. happening, they lose respect for the outlet that is producing the stuff. They're yep. saying, Oh, these people are just 
selling an ad or they're just selling a product or service. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I don't respect them anymore. Because it is stuff they don't want you to know, but the problem is you know it when you right. see it. This brings us to the subject of today's podcast, which is targeted advertising. Noel, based on what we know about you, and we do know more than you think, Jonathan, Matt, and I are going to show you this product. You're going to love it. Everything about who you are tells us you're going to love it. I'm excited to see it. Look, look, look. Look. Didn't you say you like kayaks? I love kayaks. And this one plays electronica. I love electronica playing kayaks. And maybe Tom York signed it. You'll never know unless you buy it. Never know. There's also a handy place to put whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what are you saying, that I'm an alcoholic? No, we just know you. Oh, no, he just clicked. He found this ad offensive. Back oh, to the drawing yeah. board, guys. Oh, we Man, tried so next, hard. My next step was to talk about beard oil. That's uh, funny. Uh, that's funny. But it's kind of the way these yes, things yeah, work. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a series of trial and error. It's like Jonathan was saying earlier with the offensive, well, not offensive, but the ad that was getting on your nerves to the point where you had to hide it. When you told Facebook that you didn't want to see that ad, it, Facebook took that as an opportunity. Right. An opportunity yeah. to say, okay, well, he doesn't like this. Let's try something new. Let's try something. Let's, let's change a little bit and see if he maybe likes this version of this thing. It's switching up the bait in the trap. Sure. It's like, hmm. And going further there. than that, like, like the early stages of this, it relied a lot on us giving direct information to whatever platform we're talking exactly. about. Like Facebook is a great example saying, Actively saying, I don't like this. Well, Facebook's like, all right, well, now we know they don't like this, mm-hmm. but maybe they like this other thing. Let's maybe bodybuilders with, like, bigger heads. Bigger heads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe that would have made me feel less freaked out. We're so, already so good at this. Amazon is another great example, mm. right? Like, the early version of Amazon is that you would buy something or you would be browsing for a specific thing, and it would just show you related items that other people who had also bought mm-hmm. that that particular item we're interested in. Say, hey, people who are interested in kayaks often also look at paddles. That makes sense, <laughs> right? That's, that's pretty and good. The, the thing there is it's you are feeding Amazon this information by buying things. And the more things you buy, oh, and God forbid you buy one of those suggested items, the more Ooh. accurate it mm-hmm. gets at predicting the kinds of things you or people like you will like. Right. Once a month I buy something just completely out of left field. It's like when you <laughs> do the ratings on Netflix. You're giving the algorithm good information that it can then turn around and serve you better ads. Is that a good thing? Ah, that's where it goes. So let's just talk about uh, the evolution of this. So in the 1990s, Internet companies, websites advertised with a method that was pretty similar to what we saw in television, right? They would say, we'll choose ads based on what we think will appeal to the most people in an audience. So, for example, we've got uh, Jonathan on a site about baseball statistics. Sure. And they, they don't know anything about you other than your a person who visited this site, and by the virtue of that piece of information, they say, you know what? Ads for gloves, ads for bats, ads for related merchandise. Bobbleheads. Bobbleheads. Tickets. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty simple on the surface. It worked for TV, but a great deal of marketing research and focus group stuff went in behind this. In the early 2000s, online advertising, like the uh, Terminator robots, started to become more sophisticated. Yeah. At first, we could tell the difference, right? Right. But now it became a little more complex. Companies said, hey, we can use this Amazon stuff. So companies said, hey, we can use these Google browsing habits, this anonymous information. Um, 
This allowed companies to tailor ads to a specific user. So, for example, Matt, you and Jonathan could vote, both visit the same website on your computers. Right. And, and, and you wouldn't see the same ads. Right. You would have, you would have space allotted for an ad or perhaps a pop up or pop mm-hmm. under whatever format that ad would take. And I'm sure we could all list our most hated types of advertising from top to bottom. <laughs> Pop-unders are the worst. Anyway, yeah. especially pop-unders with automated audio playing. Uh, but uh, Yeah, what is this, MySpace? It's to, yeah, or, or GeoCities. <laughs> you on. made me decide to never buy a kayak again. I guess I'm just not hanging out in the rapids. There are a couple of sites in particular that are super guilty of those. Yes. Like, uh, I'm going to say Salon is like one of the worst. I'll be uh, in the middle of an article, and then the, this animated video will come down and fill up the whole screen, <laughs> right. play music at me, and I'm just like, I don't even want to, I don't even remember what I was reading anymore. I'm totally derailed. <laughs> the, the, there are other ones that have like related video that will start to autoplay. And you don't know oh. where it is. Yeah, and then you have to track it down. Like, is that at the top of the screen? Is it at the right. bottom of the screen? Where can I turn this off? Do I just need to mute the tab, which I have done in the past? But at any rate, uh, yeah, the, there's areas on a page that are designated for advertising, Mm. whether it's on the physical page itself or it's some sort of pop-up or whatever. And while that layout would remain largely the same for for Matt's visit and for my visit, the actual ads we would view would be based more upon the information that the web Mm. browser was able to pull from me, uh, that the the web page owner uh, was able to pull from me. Really, when you think about it, those ad spaces, it's kind of like a placeholder, right? You've got an advertising company that is responsible for serving the ads that go into that placeholder. The advertising company has tons of clients. Some of those clients are going to appeal to Matt. Some of those clients are going to appeal to me. Some might appeal to both of us. And so what will happen is based on Matt's behavior, which is exemplary, he would get a certain type of uh, ads, and based upon my behavior, which is nefarious, mm-hmm. I would get a different set of ads. So we're talking about lawful good, lawful evil, different ad experience. I, I have often been re- described as lawful evil. I'm just messing with you, man. <laughs> I'm just, I, you guys I don't have think no idea evil. who I am in real life. <laughs> um, so, so it sounds like we're kind of demonizing ads a little bit. Vilifying, perhaps? Yeah, but we... Do need these things to to have our economy continue functioning? Not right? to mention, we specifically as internet content creators need these things, as in this show, in general. And ads. Let's let's remember that ads can actually show us stuff that is useful to us, right? Sure. So mm-hmm. so if if people use the abilities that we have generated for targeted advertising, and those abilities include things like collecting and mining huge amounts of information mm-hmm. about a an enormous number of people uh, being able to differentiate the important factors in that and match advertising up with those factors to parse to parse it. Yeah. And to act upon it properly. That's that's pretty complicated, sophisticated stuff. If we use that correctly, then under ideal circumstances, Mm -hmm. our experience as users will be that we encounter the ads that actually matter to us, stuff that either we would otherwise be interested in, maybe we were actively searching for it, but we hadn't found what we really wanted yet, Mm -hmm. and we would be able to connect to the things that matter to us. And that's a positive experience on our end. The the company selling that good or service, it's a positive experience on their end because they get a customer. The advertising company, it's a positive experience on their end because they delivered the proper ad to the proper place to the proper time. 
And for whatever website that ad appears on, it's a positive experience because they get rewarded for being the host of that ad. Everyone wins. The problem is this technology, this capacity that we have, it is much easier to misuse it than to use it properly. Returning to our earlier comparison of the evolution of Terminators or, for fans of Deep Cuts, the evolution of the robots in Screamers. Huh? Oh, yes. Anyone? Oh, All yes. Right. It's just like in that movie, Looper. Oh, man. You know, so many things are like that movie Looper mm-hmm. all the time. The The thing that we find, though, is that as there is an increasingly cynical and jaded and aware population. People don't care to be manipulated. I think we can all agree. Sure. If, as this population learns more and more about these advertising tricks and as people build things like ad blockers and stuff like that, targeted advertising is also evolving and finding new ways to gather more data. So it leads us to a question. Is there a legitimate privacy concern when it comes to targeted advertising? Jonathan, you raised an excellent point mm-hmm. in a live podcast we did uh, just before we hopped into – well, we were in the studio, but just yeah. before we started recording. Mm-hmm. And it, you can also, shameless plug, check it out on our web – on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash conspiracy stuff. And you said something that really stayed with me which is you talked about collecting this data and you said it's anonymous. You said the thing they care least about is your name. Your name means nothing. What what an advertiser needs to know is what are you interested in? How likely are you to buy something? How frequently are you going to buy it? And what is the best way to convince you to buy that thing? What your name is matters probably the least. But here's the other thing is that it takes a, an incredibly small amount of data to identify a person. Uh, there was a Harvard study that came out several years ago in which a professor found that really if you had uh, a person's zip code, uh, the, uh, the model of car they had and the color of that car, uh, I think there might have been one other piece of information that you could identify more than 80% of the individual's based upon that little bit of information. So think about all the stuff, all the data you create just through your browsing. So they're they're using local vehicle registrations to find everybody? Well, this was just an, uh, an example from Harvard saying that it takes very little, it takes very few points of data to, to identify a person, gotcha. to, to link it to an actual individual. But Jonathan, I'm a beautiful and unique snowflake. Isn't it a bit reductive to you describe me and define me based on just a handful of data points? Absolutely, but that's what advertising <laughs> does, right? There's a this sounds like there's some unrest in the 25 to 34 demo. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. We can uh we can give them some uh some nice uh some nice some nice soft drinks mm. to really just take that edge off. Just fill mm. the room with Valium, yeah. you know, Valium gas. Uh, so um here's the thing. Mm. It, it doesn't take very very much information to get a really good grip on who a person is. Even if you don't know the person's name, you know what their wants and desires are. Like the things that make us us, mm-hmm. we end up sharing that through our activities online. Uh, just through your browsing history, that tells people a lot of stuff. What you share on social networks obviously mm-hmm. tells people a lot of stuff. 
And this is valuable information for advertisers. They pay money to get access to that kind of information. And so there are companies that when they gather that info, they gather that data, they'll sell it to a data broker. The data broker will go around collecting larger and larger amounts of this information. Just imagine a huge spreadsheet filled with lots of little data points about the things that you are particularly interested in. Mm. Then they'll go and sell that to advertisers who will then plot advertising against that information. Now, clearly, this could lead to some really nasty uh, breaches in privacy and security if it's used incorrectly. Before we move on, uh, I remember you did a tech stuff a while back where we talked about some of this stuff, and mm-hmm. I was surprised to find that as an individual, your data ain't worth all that much no. in terms of monetary value. It's when you bundle it together for right. big picture use that it becomes valuable. But do you remember what that number was? It, it, was, was, it was, I think... Just it was it was either just over or just under one dollar, right? For mm-hmm. for a person, that's how much you're worth. Now, now, obviously, to you, that information is worth a lot more because mm-hmm. that is you. That is who mm-hmm. you are. Mm-hmm. That is, that information represents the person that you are. So, to you, it is priceless. To a company that is trying to sell that data to an advertiser, it's worth around a buck, mm-hmm. a dollar per person. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening.
This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And obviously, the amount of money is dependent also upon how rich is that data? How much information do they have? What's the depth of profile? And we are the ones handing that information over. We are actively doing it ourselves simply by using the internet, by browsing the the pages we go to, by posting the things that we post on Facebook or Twitter. Mm -hmm. We are actively generating that information that other people are selling and profiting from. Now, you can limit that. Sure. To a degree. degree. I, I would say mitigate. Yeah, mitigate is probably a better word. So you could do things like you could use uh, incognito mode mm. where you're not using cookies or anything like that. That would help limit the amount of information that you are sharing when you're visiting various websites. Uh, but that also limits what you're able to do, right? Right, like exactly. If, let's say you want to buy something on Amazon. Well, you've got to be signed into yep. an account to do yeah. it. I mean, that's just the way the, the system works. It's like if you want to buy something in a store, you better have money or a credit card or something like that. Uh, if you don't, you can't buy the thing. That's right. just the way it works. And or for something like a social media platform, Facebook being the example we're using in this podcast, uh, a social media platform that is built to show you things it thinks you would like from your friends yeah. uses some of the same techniques that they use to sell you kayaks or baseball uh, gloves, bats. What do we do? I think we did tickets. I Giant foam fingers. Giant sure. foam fingers. Isn't it like baseball sticks? Oh to, man! To knock the ball into the goal. <laughs> I'm, you know what? Sports ball paddles. It yeah. adds up. Uh, it adds up. But that's that's a very good point. And at this point, we also should look at uh, something that needs to be more transparent across the board. Often, online advertising is what I would call the Achilles' heel of online content. You know, it's it's a primary funding thing that enables a lot of the stuff we like to see to occur. And, you know, if you have listened to this show for more than this episode, you know that occasionally we have run ads, sometimes by really cool companies like great uh, courses, right, where you can mm-hmm. pretty much learn for free, or we've run ads for shadier companies like an outfit called Illumination Global Unlimited. So we want to be completely clear about this, that we see this practice across the board, across the world, and across the net as a continuing thing. The the Pandora's box, which was actually a jar in the story, is uh, is already open. Ben, it's, it's not just a continuing thing. 
This is going to be an explosive thing. Let me paint a picture of what the future is going to be, Ben. Ooh, paint a scene. Should I yeah. get under the table? Or? No, no, just grab a brush. Oh, okay. Just, okay. just imagine this, this future. This is the future of future generations, Matt. So you think about that for a second, okay? I'm, Me getting, too, no. I'm getting real here, Matt. Okay. So it's a world where you can put on uh, an augmented reality mm. pair of glasses, which gives you incredible abilities to see all sorts of really awesome information. Imagine being able to walk down the streets of London, and with a simple command, you can look at what it would have looked like during Shakespeare's time. It would be really cool. That's really sure. interesting stuff. Or you're just asking to get directions in a city that you're not familiar with, and it's giving you a little overlay showing you where you need to walk and where you can turn. Really useful stuff. Oh, it's also... Pointing out that, hey, you really like curry. You had eight of that curry place a couple of weeks ago that was really awesome. This place that you're passing right now has the best curry in the city. You should probably go in there and eat. Oh, and by the way, across the street, uh, there's a book shop, and they are having a sale for Neil Gaiman books. I know you really mm. loved the uh, that last Neil Gaiman book. You loved American God, so you need to go in there. And oh, by the way, right. oh yeah, this and is you, terrifying. And I you just try to say. push, you try to push skip, and then you get ah, you cannot skip this content. Right. Now you know who's done this the best, the best um, pop culture representation of this near future dystopia is on a little show called Black Mirror that yep. many of you might be familiar mm. with in an episode called 15 Million Merits. And it, the second episode, it is the second called. episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So correct. it depicts a world where there is a hierarchy, um, a class divide between content creators, basically, and people that are working the equivalent of blue-collar jobs. And they ride these bikes to generate power for the content creators, presumably. It's not entirely clear, because it's almost this fairy tale structure. It's a wonderful, wonderful episode. And you're following from the perspective of one of those blue-collars, which means that you have a limited amount of information about the world. Mm -hmm. But the way it works is they spend time on these exercise bikes and earn the um, equivalent of pay, but it's actually some sort of imaginary money called merits. It's like Xbox points. And it gives them the ability to buy um, different pieces of clothing for their avatar, which in the episode looks kind of like those Wii, those me characters on the Wii network or whatever. And uh, not, I don't want to spoil anything. Everyone that hasn't seen it, please watch it. It's a wonderful, prescient piece of science fiction. The whole series is fantastic. Actually, it's been picked up by Netflix for an American, not reboot, but whole new run featuring the same showrunner, Charlie Brooker, who is a genius. Dude. Anyway, the way the ads play in the episode are you get this ad and you can skip it, but it it'll cost you. It'll cost you merits. some of your merits to skip the ad. Right. And then eventually, you know, the People that don't have any merits, they got to watch all the ads. And it's this whole economic ecosystem, for lack of a better term, where, you know, it's like a self-feeding system. It's it's like indentured servitude, but it's a high-tech version of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the thing is that that this advertising is going to become more pervasive as we get into the realm of the Internet of Things, as we get personal digital assistance, like you get – Things like um, the Amazon Echo or mm-hmm. Google, as we record this, it's on the day that Google announced their Google Assistant, and they're going to have their own Amazon Echo type of product called Google Home. 
These are products that will live in our houses if we choose to buy them. Not my house. And they will listen when we talk to them. And maybe sometimes they'll listen when we're not trying to talk to them. And they will help us do things and buy stuff and learn about us and learn what stuff we want to buy. And it becomes so pervasive and part of our lives that it just becomes reality. It is no longer ads. It is reality. Uh, Right, right. It's just another layer of information that is ubiquitous, the same way that the majority of people receive constant information from their skin, their eyes, their ears, or their nose, right? And it's terrifying because I just see these pictures of someone. uh, Like, let's let's step even further, uh, a little bit less plausible at this point. Sure. Let's go full dystopian. Let's say that you have an offer to have the internet in your head. Boom. Little chip. You can search anything. We talked about it on the show before and it's free, but it's ad supported, which means that every so often when you're in the midst of some amazing research and you're saying, you're saying, Oh, Google, what was the name of, or Siri or whomever? What was the name of that? John Carpenter movie with Kurt Russell. <laughs> You're going to have to narrow it down. Right, man. right, right. <laughs> and, and then this list pops up in your, in your like interface and you can yeah. somehow see it. And then it, it, it pauses and everything stops and you listen to a voice in your head tell you about the reboot of Big Trouble in Little China. And Starring it's louder. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's louder. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, you are our tech expert here at How Stuff Works. Mm -hmm. And one thing we love about having you over on our show or coming to visit you on your show is that we are able to explore in a credible and well-informed way these possibilities that that can so often be exaggerated but then also ignored when when there is danger. So we come to you today to ask, do you think this stuff is possible? If so, do you think it's plausible? How realistic is that picture you painted? So the picture I painted with augmented reality is not just possible, it's happening. I mean, you get things like the Microsoft HoloLens, that is going to open up opportunities for app developers to create apps that are going to be ad-supported, just as the apps on your smartphone often are ad-supported. If you've ever played any game on your smartphone, chances are you've encountered one that is supported by ads. And in order to progress in the game, you need to watch an ad first. Same thing's going to happen with augmented reality. For a future in which the entire reality is ad supported. I think that's going to be that's more far fetched, but devices that that react to us and listen to us, you can guarantee that they are going to go into feeding more data to services like Amazon or Google that will build out even more robust dossiers, if you prefer, on the individuals within that home, because there's an adage that goes, if the service you are using is free, you are the product. You mm-hmm. are the thing that is being sold. Google is not really a search company. Google is an ad company. And Google is able to sell information based upon the searches that numerous individuals over billions of different searches have provided. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But it can be a bad thing. And certainly it's the, it's the sort of stuff that if someone had the intent to misuse it, mm-hmm. they could do a great deal of harm or um, end up being uh, personally very 
damaging to a, a particular sure. individual. It's not likely to happen. It's not like it would behoove whichever company it is that owns that data to allow it to happen. But it's possible because information is power. I mean, if you have a lot of information about somebody, you can use that information either to help that person or you could do lots of harm to that person. Um, so really, I think the, the worry is making sure that the companies that are gathering all this information are practicing good stewardship, that they're being responsible with it. Uh, but there's nothing forcing them to do that other than their own self-interest. Well, but, I mean, but self-interest it, is a powerful no, thing. No, I agree. That's what I'm saying. Like, as soon as their behavior affects the bottom line, only then will they change. But I would argue that we contribute to this system willingly because it's mm-hmm. the cost of doing business, it's the cost of having all the benefits and joys associated with being able to be on the Internet all the time and having free email accounts and free web hosting and this, that and the other. I mean, free podcasts. We we love this stuff, you know. Well, and and, and with things like social media platforms like Facebook and, and the fact, you know, people talk about oversharing. Dare I say we're addicted to this stuff. Well, for me, Facebook is the primary way that I interact with my friends now because I have so little time. My friends have so little time. We don't live close to one another, uh, that taking the time to, to make, taking time to make time, uh, boy, I'm son of a preacher, man. (laughs) To take that time so that we can have personal interactions in a real space, it's getting increasingly difficult. So, Facebook is a legitimately valuable tool for me to stay in touch and learn what's going on with my friends' lives, you know, who's having uh who who just got a new job, who's getting married, you know, who's having a kid, that kind of stuff. That's really important for me to to be able to keep up with that. And I love being able to share in those experiences even vicariously through this platform. And so I willingly engage in using Facebook because it does have a value to me. Um, but I know that the flip side of that is I'm feeding more and more information about myself in the process. And you have to ask your que- yourself a question. Is what I'm getting out of it worth the fact that I'm giving up some of myself in return? Right. Exactly. And that is a question that we would like you to answer for us, ladies and gentlemen. Today, we are going to skip our shout out corner because we wanted to spend some more time exploring this question. Uh, you can check out that live uh, broadcast we mentioned earlier at the front of our podcast where you can see Matt, Jonathan, Noel and I talking about some other aspects of this that uh, maybe we didn't quite touch on in the same way. wasn't too much overlap. No, I was 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 worried that when we did that, that we were leaving all of that on the table and we were going to skip it in the podcast. We ended up kind of going in a little bit different direction. So definitely a good supplement for this episode. So do check it out. And uh, while you're on the Internet, hey, hey, uh, why not like and follow us on Twitter and Facebook? What a great time to mention it. Let them know. Let I them mean, know you like yeah. us. You are, you're already, you're already on a list. It's, uh, we're <laughs> conspiracy stuff at both of those. Jonathan, for the people who have not heard your appearances on earlier episodes or our appearances on earlier episodes of your show, where's the best place for people to find you? Uh, well, I mean, if you love the tech world, Tech Stuff is the podcast that is going on eight years now and more than 750 episodes of uh, all things tech, so you can go check that out. We've done everything from how specific technology works to 
deep profiles of big tech companies to explanations of important events in tech, like the video game crash of 1983. So that would be my first suggestion. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you can check out things like uh, now.howstuffworks.com, which mm-hmm. is our more news-oriented website. Uh, I write and shoot video for that site constantly, so you can check me out there. Uh, tons of other places, but... You just need to explore HowStuffWorks.com. If you love this show and you love learning and you love knowing what really makes the universe tick, you got to go to HowStuffWorks.com. Well said. I will also mention you can catch Jonathan, as we said, on Forward Thinking and Brain Stuff, audio and video. If you like the future, you'll love those things. And speaking of the future, our best suggestions for upcoming episodes come from you, ladies and gentlemen. So let us know on Twitter. Let us know on Facebook. Answer the question Jonathan posed at the end, which I think verges on philosophy and, and matters of cosmic import. We want to hear your answer. We want to hear your recommendations for things we should cover. If you don't want- and that's the end of this classic episode. If you have any thoughts or questions about this episode, you can get into contact with us in a number of different ways. One of the best is to give us a call. Our number is 1-833-STDWYTK. If you don't want to do that, you can send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. 
With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.